There you go. Little, uh, the guess who? These eyes are crying. Little Mike Budenholzer there in the sports flash. You can hear uh, the emotions. Getting the best of our guy, Booty. These eyes. Little weeping, rowdy, little tears. As the Milwaukee Bucks are now ousted of the playoffs, there will be no repeat. The nut kick continuum says, allow me to reintroduce myself. As the Bucks did vanquish the nut kick continuum last year, but it rears its ugly foot and swings and kicks again. I just can't. What's the biggest glaring thing that you can't get over for the Bucks game last night? For me, Rowdy, it's the four of 33 shooting from beyond the arc. It's either that or so many missed layups in and around the rim once again. And Giannis, he was a, a big time. I just, I, I just don't get it. Obviously, I've never been 6'11". I'll never be 6'11". But and any, not even with modern medical advances, Rowdy. But any time I have the opportunity to dunk the basketball, I don't know why anyone uses the glass. I would just throw it down. Like Vince Carter. Remember when he went up against a dude who was like 7'1 from like Estonia or something, and he dunked over him? How tall is Vince Carter? He's not even 6'11". I would throw it down. Afterwards, though, booty... The hurtin's on him, yeah. Like, at, there was just a point where you're just like, really? They're just terrible today. They can't hit anything. Yeah, they couldn't hit the. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. They yesterday. shot 12.5% from three. And I need your hottest takes. And I need your hottest takes today in the box. Because these eyes, baby, they are crying. And I need to get over it with some hot takes. Rowdy, your hot take was what to start the show? You and I could basically be wingmen, and by wingmen for the Bucks, stand on the, the perimeter, shoot threes, and take 33 of them and make at least four. I, I'll, go, I'll go and guarantee it. These eyes are crying. My, my second hot take was, told you, never should have extended Bud. <laughs> never should have extended Budenholzer. Our guy Tweak Sauce on Twitch says, I can't get over the flapping. Well, that's what the NBA is now. It's all about the theatrics, the dramatics of it all. Could you imagine had the 76ers beaten the Heat and you had like a Harden v. Smart flop off? Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. Oh and man. because you know that Harden would be the guy driving to the hoop looking to throw up his, his arms like he got fouled while Smart is flopping backwards okay, how about, at how the about, same time. Speaking of throwing their arms up as they're quote-unquote getting fouled, what about the three-pointer? From half court as time expired in the, almost as time expired in the first half from Marcus Smart as he sold the, I was shooting and he went and uh, nailed all th- three free throws. Well, that was the thing. Okay. The first quarter, the Bucks looked pretty good. It was a competitive first quarter. The second quarter, in my opinion, you could see them falling apart towards the end. Whether it was a good call or not, the Bucks allowed the Celtics to go on that little mini run yeah. in like the last minute of that uh, half that just... It was like a super competitive game until that last like minute or so yeah. where Boston scored like five, five points. They probably shouldn't have even had. And then all of a sudden you're down at halftime and then you get boat raced the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, Rotorate, our guy Rotorate live on Twitch also has a really good point. The only thing Bucks fans can appreciate this morning and take solace in is they are not a Phoenix Suns fan. Because your two teams in the NBA Finals are now out. The Bucks got hosed, and then the Phoenix Suns said, you know what, hold my beer, Milwaukee. Watch us get our asses kicked even harder as the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic just go wild. 
on the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. I uh, will hear from Mike Budenholzer momentarily. Let's go to the phones quick, though. Line one, good morning. Who do I got? Oh, you just weren't patient enough. Shame on you. Tisk tisk. All right, Rowdy. Mike Budenholzer getting emotional about the end of the journey. I couldn't be more proud of the team and, and the competitiveness and the character and the toughness. And it's a great group. You know, um, we've been through a lot together, a lot of basketball. You know, we've had success. And, and now t- tonight, you know, we hit a wall or we met we met our end. It hurts and it's hard. Uh, but my respect and love for the team isn't any different right now than it is at any other time. I feel you, Booty. I would say my first question for Booty would be, Need are, a you, are you this emotional over this team and their loss? Or are you this emotional thinking that this could potentially be the last time that you coach George Hill? <laughs> well, George Hill, man, that's tough. Because how that guy continued to play minutes is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, Booty holds are more for him on not being able to repeat as champions. And I go back to, you know, one of the, the, the kind of core tenets that I mentioned early is, you know, you got to have great players. And I think we have that. You got to be a little bit lucky. And I don't know whether we had or didn't have luck and you know the health thing turned on us a little bit so we didn't have all three of those and you know that's certainly part of defending but it's 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 the league Hmm. I I don't know is going four of 33 from behind the arc is that unlucky what is that? That's just bad. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just purely, bad. purely just bad. And obviously, Mike Budenholz is not the one shooting the ball, but that's just that's just bad. Here's what was bad about the Bucks: they did not have a legit shooter, someone that can knock down threes. Chris Middleton being out. Here's Mike Budenholzer saying no one's feeling sorry for him because they didn't have Chris Middleton. Every team goes through something. Nobody feels sorry for us. You know, it's an age-old you know equation. It's like the calculus of calculus of the NBA is you got to have good players. You got to be a little bit lucky and you got to be healthy. You need all three of those things to win and advance in the playoffs. I've heard it a million times. I've learned it over and over again. And um, we weren't as healthy as we'd like to be, uh, but nobody cares. And he does say, though, that Boston, the Celtics, who are a phenomenal team, uh, they were pretty bad to start the season. Then they turned things around and then were juggernauts. Obviously, a higher seed than the Bucs. The Bucs manufactured the loss at the end of the season. And then game seven was at TD Garden. And Budenholzer says Boston deserves the credit. I mean, Boston deserves the credit tonight. It's, it's like I said, you've got to find a way to win uh, no matter who's dressing, no matter who's playing. Boston's a hell of a team. Uh, Miami's a hell of a team. It's going to be phenomenal basketball. You know, whatever happens in the West, it's, it's a good league. There's good teams. There's good players. I think that's the biggest reason why it's hard to repeat. All right, Rowdy. And I tweeted, I tweeted out after the game that the Bucks had absolutely no one to blame for this loss other than themselves. Totally. Because Bud kind of said it there, too. Celtics played, and they outplayed the Bucks Big time. But just in the series in general, I don't think you can say that the Bucks played one really, really good game. And when I mean really, really good game, I'm talking about your best player in Giannis being super efficient and, and scoring the way that he does with all of the role players shooting the basketball really well and not turning the basketball over or making three-point shots. They never put a full game together. Now, they won games where Giannis was super efficient and took over, or they won games where he wasn't efficient and the secondary players shot the ball really well, but they never put it all together. And Boston was drilling threes. The Bucks couldn't buy yeah, Bucks a three. Bucks couldn't do nothing. You know what actually might have made me more angry than them missing so many shots like from behind the arc is the Milwaukee Bucks missing so many shots at the effing rim. 
Oh my. I mean, Giannis talked about it after the game, saying that a lot of shots that he normally makes just weren't going in. I, I oh, don't get me started with him today. Obviously, he's their well, best. We're player. We're here till ten. Obviously, he's their <laughs> best player. But how many times do I have to say it? If you're close enough to the hoop to lay it in, dunk the basketball. Yeah. How many times did he miss with like little finger roll type flips? It's you're, like freaking dunk it. You're seven feet tall. You're, you're seven feet tall. Right, six Robbie? eleven. Who's six look, eleven. Who's counting? But yeah, was counting. Well, we're counting points and buckets missed. You're six eleven. Throw it in. I mean, Giannis Dendekumbo almost had a triple double. But here's the thing: he was ten of twenty six shooting. Yeah, and him, Holiday, like th- pretty much name a player. They missed bunnies at the at the rim. Yeah. Um, apparently, you can't the, do that. The echo is now fixed. I don't know what had happened there, but um, our fantastic and very handsome engineer all over it. Thank you, Trevor, if you're still listening. The uh, echo has been fixed. And again, Rowdy, reiterate why there was an echo. Tell the folks why there was an just, echo. It's again. just, yeah, knocking home the point of how bad the Bucks were. Yeah, we wanted you to hear it and hear it multiple times in a row that the Bucks were terrible. They shot four of 33 shooting from beyond the arc. Again, four of 33 shooting from beyond the arc. Just in general, they didn't shoot the ball well almost the entire series. No. And no, and I, th- I think you could easily argue that the Bucks never played one great game where both Giannis played well and the role players played well and the team in general shot the basketball. Yeah. And I, yet it went to game seven. Seven, and no Chris Middleton, by the way. The Bucks obviously needed Chris Middleton. They could have won that series without Chris Middleton. There was no one there to shoot the rock from beyond the arc consistently, and that's what you miss with Chris Middleton. Well, you know how you're talking about role players have to play well. They have to shoot the ball well. And some of those guys that are standing out on the perimeter shooting the basketball would be Wesley Matthews, yep. who went one for five. Oh, for three from three. Brody, who am I? Well, either him or Drew Holiday, since they have the same <laughs> celebration. Grayson Allen, 0 for 6 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. Uh, I had, we're back I, to hating him. I, I, I called it now. I had a funny discussion. It was actually Saturday night with a buddy. We're back to hating Grayson Allen. Right? And he goes, yeah, you know, Grayson Allen was a pretty good pickup. I know he's not shooting the ball well, but, I mean, he's a guy that they asked to, to be a, a 3 and D guy, right? And I go, sure, except for this series, he's not hitting any threes, and he can't play any D. Yeah. We're back to we're back to hating him because he's a Duke player and the Wisconsin lost the championship, not because of him, but one of the reasons was him. We're back to hating Grayson Allen Rowdy. Or, I, I made it official. Or Pat Connaughton, who had played, who had arguably been their third best player yeah. for much of the series, one for six, zero oh for five from three. Like your your three shooters that are supposed to be the shooters on the perimeter when a combined two for seventeen. And knock down zero three-pointers uh, combined to go 0 for 12 from three. <laughs> Again, game six, you could say, was a must-win for the Bucks. Game seven, obviously, is a must-win for both teams. But it was put up or shut up, and the Bucks shut the hell up. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't put up anything besides bricks. <laughs> I mean, what else did the Bucks put up besides brick after brick after brick after brick after brick after brick after brick? 81 points, Rowdy. Yeah, that's a joke. 81 points. It's the NBA. <laughs> and then, and to put add insult to injury, insult to injury. Grant Williams, 
the first time in his career that he has led the Celtics in scoring in the regular season or the postseason. Grant Williams. Oh, I could tell you you were in trouble. So, like, right when the Bucks would make a little bit of a run here and there in the second half, it would always be Jason Tatum knocking down huge shots or Grant Williams. But the one that killed me, because it was like two or three possessions in a row, was when Pritchard was splashing <laughs> shots. And when Pritchard is splashing shots in your face, you're, you're done. You're done. You're stick a fork and you're done. Good night. Put the deer have now been turned to venison. It's over. It's it's over. As Jim Morrison was just singing about, this is the end. It's not. It wasn't a beautiful end though, Jim. It was an ugly, disgusting display. Grant Williams, mm, Rowdy, Grant Williams, and listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this a couple times a day because I, I just I gotta say it to just work work it out. Grant Williams is now the third player to make seven three-point field goals in a game seven. Grant Williams, the third player to make seven three-point field goals in game seven, joining the likes of Steph Curry and Marcus Morris. Grant Williams, Rowdy. I can't get over this. Of all people, Grant Williams. Well, I read off how like the shooters for the Bucks really <laughs> didn't make anything. Oh, my God. Now look at the Celtics. I mean, Jason Tatum was 50% from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. I mean, Pritchard was 5 of 7 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. I can't can't even hear it. I don't even want to listen to it. Grant Williams, 10 of 22 from the floor, 7 of 18 from 3. I want to be violently ill. Even Jalen Brown, 8 for 16 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3. I can't. I just like, it's mind-blowing. It is literally mind-blowing. And that's not because of Chris Middleton. There were two different games that were played. One was by the Celtics, where shots went in. One was by the Bucks, where shots did not go in. Uh, are those hoops regulation size for the Bucks? Were they switching hoops out? I've, we have so much to talk about today. Oh my God! I just I was watching yesterday. Uh, I was I was laughing. I was laughing. I was so I didn't cry. I was laughing so I wouldn't cry. So uh, last night I was like, I might as well look at the the Bucks roster and some of their contracts and see where some of these guys might be going or, or what's up in the future. Pretty much every single guy will be coming back. It'll oh, almost no. be the exact same roster, except for there are a few is players. Grayson Allison, is Grayson Allen gone? No, he's still no. under contract. Oh. There there are a couple players that do have player options. So like uh, Connaughton's got a player option. Yeah. Portis has a player option. But then I kept scrolling down and you know who I saw? And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I was hoping he would be done. Because if I was running the team, he would have been done in 2020. Grant Hill. Or, it's not Grant Hill. George Hill. George Hill. He's still under contract for next year. Hey, I would have taken Grant Hill in a heartbeat. Yeah, but George Hill is still around? Oh, God. Yeah, I'd, I'd take both of Grant Hill's knees over George Hill. Healthy. Same. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I see this person called in a while ago. Good morning. Who's this? Line one. Terry from the north side. The king of the north. What's up, Terry? I love listening to you guys cry in the morning. I do. I just enjoy it. We're here for you, Terry. Let me say this to you. There's nothing worse in the morning waking up and finding out the person in bed with you is not your wife. So that is not um, a a very good key if that can happen to you, okay? Okay. So that's the first time I'm still having a good time. Second of all, I had over 100 people in my garage yesterday watching the game. I hope you were masked. I had masks on both ends. Okay. And so... What happened was, is this simple. 
when the Bucks lost Game Six in Scott Walker Arena, Scott Walker Bill, what? name it after him for God's sake, taxpayer money build it. But you know what? When when the Bucks went off and played the way they did and lost game, and Boston girls says anything about Game Five. When they win yesterday's game, except for Giannis, and you know what? And I'm still not convinced Giannis is a better player than the, the greatest Milwaukee skyscraper, um, skyscraper Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who also won a world championship in his second year as a rookie, if I may add that second to all your Wisconsin there. humanites. Giannis won one. But he's won with many. He's won and done. Like the Cubs. He's won and done. He's won one, and he was not good enough to take game seven in Boston. Okay, what happened happened in the last year's playoffs, though, to be honest, then? Let's go back to the last game of the season when your coach. Have you been drinking this morning? When your coach, idiot. That everybody and get what? What's his name? Get his, his signing bonus. Get his bonus in. It's that everybody and lost the last game of the year. So Boston got Game Seven at home. We've covered this many times with you, Terry. We agree with you on that uh, point. But why is that not more than Wisconsin media? I mean, I, it's not, except for me. It's all the time. Evil, it's all the no time on this show, Terry. Terry, you always you always call my show to complain about other people's shows. I because Terry, I let, I, I let you or let us have these awesome conversations, and then you I talk about Bill Michaels and other people's. Why don't you call their shows and bring it up too? We agree with because you on the point. We agree with you on that. What I don't know why. A bunch of idiots. Then you know, why do, the, why do the, the you reason, let them know the they're idiots? You only get the call of the King of the North is because you guys, in general. Know what the hell you're talking about? Yeah, see, Terry, see, Terry, I agree. I I agree with you. I love you too. And I have been the one for years that said I hate manufacturing losses to try and control your own destiny when it comes to playoff matchups. And clearly, like you called in what two weeks ago and said this game seven that could be important could be at home. I agree with you. The guy that you have to put in your crosshairs is Grant Bills, who says you're an idiot. Yeah, if you, you need to call that. Grant Bills in the Wisco. Well done, Rowdy. I don't. I don't call low light people for God's sake. Well, he's you low know, T too. If women, you should know about me. I'm a class act individual. <laughs> I do not call low life individuals. <laughs> I don't call welfare people. I don't. I do not pick people off the street and hand them a quarter. Well, you see a hitchhiker go well pick them. I only talk to class act. People. Terry, can I give like you, a, you Nelson? Well, thank you, Terry. Terry, can oh, I give you a stat? Are you serious? I, no, no, serious I, 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 I believe you. Can I give you a stat on Giannis Dendekumbo really quick? Because you said he's a one and done. He's he's terrible or whatever. Giannis Dendekumbo. He may look. I'll, I'll tell you this. Well, let me give you the stat quick, Terry. Giannis okay. Dendekumbo is the first player in the history of the NBA with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a playoff series. The first player ever in the history of the NBA. To have 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a series. And I'm not so sure. And, and they uh, lost the series, which is insane. And I'm, I'm not sure that Jabbar's Bucks probably weren't better surrounded than Giannis's Bucks today. I mean, look at okay? all the stinkers around Giannis. They couldn't hit the brat. They shot four of 33 from beyond the But earth. this is the team you breaked up all year long. Like, well, God, no, no. What else are we going to do, Terry? It's our team. 
What am I going to Am I going to go out and, and sign someone? Am I going to go Clay Thompson and sign him? That's not my job. We That's support me. the team. That's my job. Here's Terry, the do you support do you support the 13 and 20 Chicago Cubs right now? Absolutely. Then why? Then why? The, the, the same because thing applies to us for you the team that we support. Team. You're such a dumbass sometimes. Of course we but support Evo, the Bucks. Evo, it's our I'm team. It's Evo, our team to support. You just said you support the 13 and 20 Chicago crap Cubs. Of course we Evo, support our teams. God, Evo, you're an idiot sometimes. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win the division either. I do. You're so dumb sometimes, Terry, but I do love you, buddy. <laughs> Evo. I will never tell you the Cubs are going to win the division. I won't tell you that. Mm. Terry, this is like, Terry, you are the Grand Canyon, and this is me yelling into the abyss. Like, I just yell into an empty, vast of nothingness. It's like, it's like yelling at a brick wall, but I I do like it, though. So you're like Max wife. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you guys should get married. This this feels like a marriage discussion. No, I'm swearing, because I only have so many dumb buds. Um, Ebo stops so many times. Him and his wife are two of the nicest people I've ever met. Who? Evil and his wife. Oh, yeah. Terry, we love you, buddy. Oh, yeah. You know what? And we'll always have class. You know what, Evil? Whatever we may disagree on is all about words. As far as when it comes to... Yeah, totally. Your heart, man, we're, we're good. It's all, it's, all, you know? it's all theatrics, Terry. It's all show. We love it. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I do, you know, you're like my ex-wife. She <laughs> says I should give her more money. She must I have been said, damn good looking, then, Terry. You know? She must have been damn good looking. <laughs> You know, yeah. no matter how good looking I am, I still got to pay. <laughs> well, hey, Terry, uh, on a serious note, you feeling better? Are you feeling any better, dude? I know you had to fall or whatever. You feeling okay? I'm doing better. I am. You know what, though, you know, it's, a, it's a pain to be 67. Yeah. You have to go out and work every day and umpire these games. Well, someone's got to do it because no one else will, Terry. You're the one taking the flame. You know, though, we won't. Look, the one thing you should know about me is I have an ego. I think most umpires, most officials, referees, all have an ego. Yeah. And to an extent, I'm not sure that's good or bad. Because no, it's I a good thing. Go it's good to have an ego. To prove I'm better than the players. I'll never go out there. But don't bring a 190 goddamn batting average to me <laughs> and take three fastballs <laughs> out the middle and just slam your bat down on me. Terry, all right, we love you, Terry. I'm sure you'll call it again and talk about this, buddy, okay? We just got, we got you, to call you break the hit. We love you, buddy. Go Cubs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I did not expect to start the show screaming about the Cubs and Terry. I love it, though. All right, Rowdy. How about that? Four out of five. Four and five. Your Milwaukee Brewers. Not four out of five. That would be nice. Four wins, five losses on the nine-game road trip. For the Milwaukee Brewers, capping it off with a win, a series win over the Fish yesterday. And it was a little drama, Rowdy. Mike Brousseau, Brousseau, Willie Adamas went down with, what is it, a calf injury or something coming into home or whatever, and then Brousseau, Brousseau came in and immediately had an error and then another hopper over his glove, and I thought it was going to unravel. But instead, no, Brewers come and uh, save the day. And they yeah, win. I mean, overall, the nine-game road trip between the three in Atlanta, three in Cincinnati, and, and three in Miami, they finished four and five, which overall you look at it and you're like, yeah, four and five, not a terrible record, especially for a long, drawn-out uh, road trip. But when you get right to it, they played overall pretty bad baseball. Yeah. I mean, so oh, they, I mean, it's the Reds. You lost the series of the Reds. So in those 12 games, or sorry, in those nine games, they had originally 
12 errors. Now, one ended up getting changed back to a hit, so they officially finished with 11. Yeah. But that's over one error a game for that nine-game road trip. And there were times where you could tell that they just didn't seem focused. They seemed almost uninterested playing lazily. Now, when you look back on it, them playing that badly, they were right in a couple other games that they had opportunities to win. You somehow win those. You still would have been six and three. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're fortunate enough to be four and five with how they actually played. But then you look at it and you go, yeah, some of the teams that they played weren't necessarily like playoff contenders. But I think when you watch this team play the way they did, as in the offense was up and down, the bullpen wasn't very good. Guys like Woodruff got hit pretty hard by the Reds and were the Reds offense was just better than Woodruff was pitching that night yeah. or Lauer had his worst start yeah, so Lauer far this season worst game overall you're like man this is a team that still finds a way to go four and five on that road trip yeah they're obviously a, a, a playoff team here they're a pretty good baseball team now they might not be a World Series contender, but they're a pretty good baseball hey, team. I'm looking here at the NL Central standings. Despite a four win, five loss road trip, Brewers are twenty two and thirteen, two and a half games up on the St. Louis Cardinals. And then, dude, looking around the NL Central, I don't know how the Cincinnati Reds have now become just the sixth team ever to lose without giving up a hit. Rowdy, the Reds had a no... Hunter Green and their reliever, Art Warren, combined to allow zero hits in a complete game. Didn't count as a no-hitter, and it didn't even count as a win. The Pirates eked out a run in the bottom of the eighth on three walks and a ground out for a one nothing victory as they had zero hits. Yeah, but that was the problem. He had like five walks, and and three of them happened to be in one inning. And what do you say? It's all about what, Rowdy? (laughs) Throwing strikes. strikes. So, yeah, back to the Brewers, though. Brewers now come home uh, from their little nine-game road trip. They have the Atlanta Braves. We were talking, you were just talking about the Reds. Since they got swept by the Brewers, they ended up taking two out of three from the the Pirates, two out of three against the Brewers again, and then split a four-game series with with the Pirates. (laughs) Not, Not terrible baseball. So no, uh, I'm looking at the new, I mean, it's power rankings, whatever it's he whatever power rankings, what, you know, what MLB.com, they have the Brewers sitting as the sixth best team in the new power rankings. I can see that. I think that's pretty realistic, especially with you look at their, their record. Now they haven't played all the greatest teams, but some of these other teams haven't either. Yeah. But I think just the, the eye test, I would say I could see them being around the sixth best team in baseball. Yeah, you have Yankees. Number one, Dodgers. Number two, Mets. Number three, Astros. Number four, angels. Number five. And then the Brewers at six. Yeah. I think you could easily argue New York, both the Mets and the Yankees, as well as the Dodgers are clearly better than them. And then you could get into other arguments about, you know, like the Padres and yeah, yeah. some of those other teams. Yeah. Colton Wong, have yourself a day yesterday, though. Colton Wong uh, was uh, pretty electric for the crew. He was getting it going. He had homered, singled, and had three walks. How about that? Andrew Wagner, Forbes.com, God's gift to everything Wisconsin. Right, Andrew? <laughs> are you crying? Is yeah. that, is that, are you crying, or was that laughter? What was that? That was laughter. Hey, how about the Bucks? Laughter. Yeah, what time do they play? Oh, they don't. Un- unbel- unbel- dude, 
All right, come clean. You, the Bucks. Now, I know you cover them, Forbes.com and the Brewers. Come clean. You're a Wisconsinite, right? You're born in the state of Wisconsin, yes? Yeah. The Bucks. You fan? Yeah, your name? Are you and, you and, you and uh, Alex Lazary going to go hang out and get some beer? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy, too busy looking for his hard-earned job as a state representative. Yeah, dude. Sort, hey, so. he earned that, okay? Daddy's yeah. money. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Choke job by the Bucks or Boston Celtics just better? Absolutely. You have to look at it as a choke. You're the defending champion. It, it has to be looked at as a choke job. I mean, yeah, they're playing without Chris Middleton, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't put together a, a, like a solid dominant quarter since maybe the fourth quarter of game four. I mean, they just they looked out of sorts the entire time. They were playing above their water. Like they, You had home court advantage. You could have locked it up, and, and you got run. Um, no, you have to look at it as a choke job. If you're the defending champion, I don't care what the seedings were. I don't care who you're playing without. You know, you hear this, this what's the old Rudy Tomjanovich phrase? Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Well, where was the heart? I mean, you had Giannis going out there for, you know, 100 minutes a night and then nothing else. Um, Holiday, and I love Holiday. I love his game. Didn't give you anything. Um, Just, it was a bad series. That was just a bad series and a bad way to go out. Yeah. All right. How about this? Well, let's talk some positivity then. Another team that uh, resides in Milwaukee. They are actually on a road trip, though. Four and five on the road, but they did cap it off with a series win over the fish. Yesterday, the Milwaukee Brewers. What do we take of this uh, nine-game road trip? Because the quality of competition a little lesser. In fact, they lost their series to the Reds. Is this baseball long season? And hey, they managed four wins, albeit the five losses. And now they come home. Like, what? Uh, what do we take away from this uh, nine-game road trip? Exactly what you said, man. It's a hundred sixty-two game season. If you're you're new to this, um, let me let me break it down for you. Uh, Good teams will lose to bad teams repeatedly over the course of 162 games. Like we, we see this every year, and people kind of flip and fly off the handle about a bad series or a bad road trip. It just it happens. You know, they're going to come home now. They got a pretty lengthy season the Braves again. They're going to be tough games. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, to use a Giannis phrase. The Don't Brewers are still high. the cream of the crop in the Central Division. They have the best pitching in the National League. You can have a bad week or two um, and still win this division. So uh, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. You have a de- decent road trip, come back home, regroup, and, and get back to work. Yeah, we talked about that a little earlier, and I, I mentioned how you know they ended up finishing 4-5. and five. They played pretty horrible baseball <laughs> where you had Lauer – basically had his worst start of the season. Woodruff just thoroughly got beaten by the Reds. And then the bullpen, especially some of those lower leverage guys that have been pretty good, just weren't that good in that nine-game stretch. You still managed to win four games playing about 500 baseball. It, it just shows me that they're a good club, that even when they play that bad, they can still go about 500. They might not be a World Series contender right now, but they're a good baseball team. You're absolutely right, Robbie. I mean, listen. Man, you and Rowdy, you and Rowdy got like a mind meld going on lately. You know that? My 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 financial advisor. You know, I trust I trust Rowdy. I put my I put my faith in him. My role, my wad. You put yeah, your wad in your wad and Rowdy. 
bank wad. That's gone too far. Oh, bank wad. Sorry. Uh, back, yeah. back to this question about the what was the Regan Rowdy? It's a, it's a little early for that kind of malarkey there, Ebo. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. You have the best closer, the best setup man. He's struggling a little bit. I, I don't see any reason to worry. And the fact that, like Rowdy said, they played absolutely craptastic baseball and still came back four and five. Yeah. And I think you'd take being 22 and up. I think you'd be take 22 and yeah. 13 in the NL Central, two and a half games above the cards. I think that's, uh, that's pretty nice. Andrew, um, so yeah. You know, you're a little older than myself. I'm I'm the the seasoned veteran here when it comes to just us three. Uh, but when I have you on, you're a little more seasoned than I. Uh, so I was uh, I was just driving around yesterday. I was listening to the Brewers game on the radio, and they were talking about Vanilla Ice coming to uh, the Amfam Field here for '90s night. You being the uh, older statesman, Vanilla Ice does that do anything for you? Like, is that marketed to you guys, like the Gen Xers? Does that do anything for you, or is it just like what's going on with this Vanilla Ice? I mean. I'm stoked because the dude's like an awesome home rehab slipper <laughs> DIY guy. So like, I'm stoked as hell for this. He came to the Bucks game a couple of years ago, and like, was he going to yeah, put on a dude, clinic of how to flip a house? Lock in. No, he did his show at halftime and afterwards. Like, oh, you want an autograph? I'm like, no, dude, I want to talk to you about your miter saw. He's like, yeah, man. And like, we started talking about home improvement. Like, I'm stoked about that. Like, you know, I'm just curious to see like how the girls that I knew in grade school and high school that now have like five kids and are going to come to this concert the first time going out in like five years, how they're looking, you know, other than that, I, I, well, I'll be working during the pro team concert anyways. So, okay. Well, I was just curious you know, of like, you know, who still wants to see vanilla ice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's bringing yeah, ice ice baby, cool, like, Good drinking song at like one thirty in the morning. Someone puts on the jukebox. Yeah, like right, nineteen ninety four. Like, yeah, unless he's bringing. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Ice Ice Baby still slaps. Don't even. Don't even. Under pressure slaps kid. harder. BTW. Yeah, it's all right. But like, if he's bringing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles along for the show, dude, then I'm. Dude, like, okay, oh, you're I'll the second person to bring up TMT, TMNT two. What a movie! I think it's still on Netflix, by the way. You would be feel so inclined. Probably. All right, so Probably. Andrew. Andrew, and uh, yes, I'm sorry we were a little late getting you today because your favorite team, uh, the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander and the Packers have uh, come to terms on a contract extension. So I know that would uh, really really uh, sit well with you this morning. I know how much you like that. Oh, I'm sure they're going to have a whole separate section on it in the local newspapers. No, a whole separate. I think it's going to be the entire paper, my friend. Andrew. Yeah, stop the presses. Uh, you did say you liked Holiday. What about Madonna's Holiday? It's going to be your outro song today. You a fan? Dude, I love Madonna. I'm a huge Madonna fan. Uh, rumor That's like is, a bucket list concert. Rumor is your favorite song is Like a Virgin, because you still are one. Of course, I'm a good Catholic boy. Yeah, exactly. Still waiting to get that ring. Someday. Could have been the Bucks this year, but no, no. Could have been the Bucks. Could see, I see. Bucks. I, was all, I had a plan for that joke. It was just you had to let it. You had to let it work itself out. Okay. Andrew, we love you, buddy. What'd you say? Yep, we'll see you. No, what'd you say? I I said you're struggling for uh, material this morning. Maybe turn it over to Rowdy and let a professional handle it for a little bit. Well, we're done here in eight minutes. Andrew, we love you, buddy. (laughs) See ya. See ya. There is Andrew Wagner, Forbes.com. Bye, Andrew Wagner on Twitter. Man, I was trying to come up with something witty about uh, Madonna, Alex Rodriguez hitting home runs, using PEDs. There's something there, Rowdy. There definitely is something there. There's something there. I mean, they both use a lot of performance enhancers. Madonna, I think, uses more performance enhancers than...
Jeeps. He definitely circled the bases. I have played a couple different songs in honor of the Milwaukee Bucks. It would be uh, The Doors, The End, where we talk about this being the end. Uh, the Guess Who's These Eyes Are Crying, because my eyes were crying over the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I was going to play some Alice in Chains, the song Over Now, because it is over. Uh, but for this right here, I got to go to the catalog that is ZZ Top. The song Sharp Dressed Man. The one, the only, George Balecci from Nesson. We hear the Boston Celtics side of things with the aforementioned, yes, Sharp Dressed Man. George What's up, brother? Ebo, Ebo, doing great, man. I mean, the vibes are high in Boston. On to the ETF. I think they they wrap it up with the heat and stick. Yeah, yeah. So could it be better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jonah. So, like, I I, th- I was very confident uh, when I texted you over the weekend saying, hey, win or lose, we you got to come on Monday, give the folks what they want. That's George Balecci on your talking. I thought for sure, though, we'd be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. George, this stat, this stat bugs me. I can't get over it. Grant Williams, is this is his first time in his career that he led the Celtics in scoring. In the regular or the postseason, can you like yep. who is what's going on with this guy? What, what, how'd this happen for the Bucks? What the career, career high, career high in shots attempted, career high in twenty-seven points. First time he's ever led the Celtics in shots in the game. And Jason Tatum said it after he went up to Grant and said that's never happening again. Joking, of course. No, Grant Williams has actually been a really good shooter. That's been a big jump because he was drafted out of Tennessee. And at Tennessee, he was a power forward, but then he comes in at six six. He's like, you're undersized. You're not athletic enough to be a chewer, an elite wing, what do we do with you? He got better on defense. That's what got him minutes. But then he was a liability on the offensive floor. So this floor, he emerged as one of the best shooters in the NBA, and especially from the corners where, he's, where he makes his money. So the Bucks went back to their game one strategy. Let's go big. Let's shut down the paint. Let's force him to shoot. What happened in game one? Celtics couldn't shoot. What happened in game seven? Celtics could shoot, especially, especially Grant Williams. To see him do that at that clip and the amount of shots he was getting, yes, even me as a guy that covers the team, I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked at how often he was hitting the shots. And I said it before the series of why I like the Celtics in seven was health, was their defense, and home court advantage. The reason I loved it was because in game seven, that's big for the role players. So a Grant Williams, a Peyton Pritchard, that in the fourth quarter just absolutely kept nailing, hammering the nail into the coffin of the Bucks' back-to-back hopes. That's what happened. So that's how it happened, Debo. You dare the man to shoot. You disrespect him. He's going to make uh, you pay. George. You, know, you, know what, you know what Grant said? You know what Grant said? He said to Bobby Digital, he said, forget what you heard. That's what he said to Bobby Digital. So uh, we were talking about this, obviously, earlier this morning. I like you, George. And I brought up Pritchard as well <laughs> because when I saw, I think it was two or three possessions in a row where he buried, I think it was two threes and a, and a deep two, just right splashing right in front of the Bucks. I knew it was over. When that little rat boy starts hitting <laughs> shots, it's over. Good night. Rat boy. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. No, what? and that was the thing. Like, when I saw, like, Peyton Pritchard's really going to bring it home. What was big for the Celtics, too, is when Jason Tatum, he did not have his best game in game seven. That is for sure. Yeah. And, and, and Al having, Horford, what did Al Horford have? Six points? Like, come on. But still show up on defense. Hey, he didn't have a good after he had his explosion in game four. Yeah. His game fives through seven, he just, he's fallen off offensively. He hit that wall. But he got them. I said the X factors is Horford and Grant Williams. Al Horford got them to game four, got them to game five. Grant Williams brought it home on game seven. <sighs> so 
they have what they have what it takes to bring it all together. Like okay, George, they were I, able to do it. I didn't ask you, George. So George will actually join us right now from Nesson. So George, what? Like Grant Williams and the Pritchard, does the Boston Celtics fan base legitimately like these guys? Or Marcus Smart when he flops everywhere? Do you guys legitimately sleep easy at night knowing you cheer for this team, like not feeling dirty when they win? Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent they do. I mean, <laughs> are you do, like Ebo? Ebo? Well, okay, let me tell. Can I real quick? Can when I tell they're you hosting this? a Larry O'Brien trophy, oh. what do you think they're going to do? <sighs> I guess celebrate it. But George, like, uh, you know, um, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, never liked him when he was the Duke Blue Devil. You know, the Badgers lost in the finals, you know, because of, you know, Grayson, one of the reasons with Grayson Allen. And what Grayson Allen was doing at the end of the Bucks season and then also for the Bulls, I'm, I welcomed with open arms. I said, all's forgiven. But now I've come to my, the, my senses and realized I'm done with Grayson Allen. Now that the Bucks are over, I want him, I want him off the team. Like, you guys legitimately in Boston, you got your finger on the pulse. They legitimately like Grant Williams and Marcus Smart flopping everywhere. Yeah, all right, stop with the flopping. Let's, let's just be <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean stop with the flopping? No, 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 listen, but listen, okay. but listen, listen, they are, you brought up Grayson Allen, and he's a reason of why the Badgers lost in that championship I'm done game. With Gra- I'm done with Grayson, I'm over No, it. no, listen, 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 I'm tying it all together here. Another part was also the officiating in that championship game, especially in the second half. Yeah. That's what ripped it from the Badgers. Yeah. The officials in this series, they would not reward you for defending Giannis unless you fell. Literally, that's how they were going. And it didn't make sense either because for Giannis's part, I mean, he gets that free reign. They don't know how to officiate him yet because what is not a foul in one quarter is in the next. When Jason Tatum's ripping his elbow through and Pat Connaughton hits him with his chin, not the other way around, that's a foul. But when Giannis does the same move, it's not. So I'm going to take the flopping out of there. Yes, it's tough to watch, and I'm happy it did stop. But there was a point where the Celtics were like, this is the only way we get these whistles. Okay. And if like it or not, the officials made themselves a part of this game. And they say, how do we slow Giannis down? We aggravate him with that. But they love Grant Williams because of what he did in Game 7. They love Marcus Smart because he started defending Giannis and picking up full, and picking him up full court. That's why they love these guys. And they love Peyton Pritchard because, I mean, you just look at him and he reigns threes. What more do you need from a guy like that? Right, so, George, I, what I'm, what's happening with me today is, I don't know if you've heard of the, I'm sure you have the five stages of grief. There's denial, there's, oh, yeah. there's anger, there's bargaining, there's depression and acceptance. I bounce in between the anger and bargaining right now. Um so that's why I'm kind of doing the flopping thing, you know, whatever. But, George, all right, let me ask you this. Now I'm going to do a little uh, uh, bargaining. If Chris Middleton's healthy, do you think – and you're in the circle of trust here, George. You can be honest with us. You can be honest with us. If Chris Middleton's healthy, do the Bucks advance? I love that question. I still say no. Man. The Celtics rose to the occasion every game this series. If Chris Middleton is healthy, I do think the Bucks take game five. I do think that happened. Well, this is crazy to me. But, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, but, but. But, but, it's a whole different series. Yeah. He may have done it, makes his adjustments. So I'm not saying each game goes the same way. I mean, Bucks are taking game one no matter what. Listen, I don't care. I'm just in the bargaining that, stage. I'm just in the bargaining stage. We're about Middleton, and then uh, what a problem. It was so quick. A, but, a no. response from you could have been to me, back to me, was if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. You know, it's like the what-if scenario. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and if Robert Williams was 100% because he didn't play the last three games in the series, then it would be a whole different thing, too. So it was if both teams are at 100%, I still would have loved the Celtics. But even if only Chris Milton, let's say if he showed up for game six and game seven, let's say if he got that wind and got and showed up for a game seven and was playing well, I still think 
the Celtics win this because they have only gotten better. They had an answer for everything that the Bucks brought. And I was asked on another programming on the same beautiful airwaves that go all throughout the state of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. do I like Ime Udoka over Mike Budholzer? The answer is yes, because you saw Ime as a guy that will be stubborn to his game plan but will make adjustments with his personnel. Meanwhile, Mike Budholzer, who is married to having a George Hill and a Grayson Allen out there, <laughs> I'm not saying Javon Carter is the answer, but damn it, Javon Carter is a good defensive guy. And when dudes are getting hunted and going ISO matchups and getting sought out, you got to change something up. So it's more than a Chris Middleton stepping in. Game seven definitely be a lot tighter with him on the floor, but I still would have liked the Celtics in seven, even if Chris Middleton was in the series. One comment for you and then one question. The comment being, why does it seem like every single time the Bucks manufacture a loss to get a better spot in the playoffs, they lose to the Celtics anyways? And then my question is, would you extend Mike Budenholzer? <laughs> When is his contract up? Well, they extended him last year, and I was a big don't extend him. So guy, Rowdy but. over here says no coach. Well, in basketball, just all professional oh, sports, especially with booty. That no coach should have. It should be a one year basis, year to year contract basis. Honestly, honestly, because <laughs> it's not like the free agents care. The superstars make the call. I would not. I would not extend Budenholzer. I mean, guys, we go back to the next ah. series. Literally, literally last year, last year. It was, hey, I don't think Budholzer should still be the coach midway through the series, even if the Bucks win or lose after a game. You've seen, I mean, the guy relies on a generational talent, a top five all-time player in Giannis Antetokounmpo, of, hey, he'll figure it out and all that. But there was. It was just the, the stagnant offense watching Giannis, watching Drew. Drew forcing a tough shot over tough shot, and credit to him because, you know, they don't win a game five without him. But – at the same time, no, I would not extend. So, George, I, I'm glad I'm glad Nelly brought that up because I have a question for you. Um, you're originally from New Jersey, correct? Yeah. Okay, and then now you're in Boston, so obviously East Coast. I don't know. I don't know if this, and you're the outlier here, so you're not in the equation because you respond and you will like you know you'll talk to me and we have a good rapport, great relationship. Got a, by the way, I owe you like three rounds of drinks here in Madison with the Bucks losing in the series, but on the Mike Budenholzer thing, there was a, a bigger Bucks um, fan account. And it said, uh, do you fire Mike Budenholzer, then promote Darvin, Har- uh, Darvin Ham? Excuse me. I took that tweet and I sent it to Rowdy. And I said, I'm going to send this to Ben Kenny. I bet you he doesn't respond. Because Ra- we're in this DM group as me, Ben, and Rowdy. And like we'll respond once in a while. But I meant Ben will never say anything. And I think it's East Coast elitism. And I have to ask you as a guy from the East Coast. So I sent it to Ben Kenny in, in the group that were in the Rowdy, and sure as crap, my prediction came true. Ben Kenny did not respond, did nothing, didn't even acknowledge it. Is East Coast elitism, elitism, elitism a real thing, George? Or and you're just a, an outlier? Or am I wrong on this? Is that a thing with like being Midwest nice? You yeah. respond to everyone's DMs and texts. Yeah, everyone like thing? the East Coast, like the, the elitists, just stare down their nose at us, man. Like Ben Kenny, is that a thing, or is, uh-huh. am I being wrong? No, uh, uh, I mean, maybe this is an r- absolutely ridiculous observation by you, but I definitely do what Ben Kenny does. Evo, I just love you so much. You're in that group of people that I respond to right away. There's there's a you, there's well, Ben you. Kenny. You know, if, if I ever had Rowdy sell, I'd answer him. I love him. You know? well, and, ben, and, ben doesn't even respond. He doesn't even look. He doesn't even bother. And I may have told Ebo to set the trap and try and get him stirred up. Yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing. I just know if it was East Coast elitism or he just didn't like it. No, I, I, this is my thing is uh, – I love people. I love talking to people. That's why I do what I do for a living. But the amount of times I get a text or a DM or something, I just go, I do not want to answer this right now. I'll answer it in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then three days forget. pass and they go, 
Yeah, and then three to hey, checking in. I'm like, oh crap, I should have done that. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's, go, let's give it to the East Coast. I mean, it's, okay, it's our pride thing, man. It's Wait, see, I would give Ben the benefit of the doubt. This is like that twentieth time it's happened, so maybe there's that. All right, but anyways, uh, <laughs> I think Ben's listening right now. That's why I'm saying it. So George, uh, totally different topic here, but since I do need to buy you a couple rounds of uh, old fashions, we got to go party our asses off downtown. I was thinking maybe if we can't swing it, you know, during the summer, what about October second? When the New England Patriots come to beautiful Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. Ooh, I love that. I love what are we that. thinking of the Patriots this year? Because it's on the Packers' uh, schedule. Oh, I mean, uh, Patriots overall, they're going to finish with like eight wins at best and miss out on the playoffs. Really? Unless their, de- unless their defense blows me away, but they're relying on guys that they drafted in the linebacking court. They're just not athletic on defense. The whole division got a lot better. The Bills are the best team in the AFC. Yeah. They have to face the Raiders in Las Vegas. They have to go see your boy, Devontae Adams. I don't know if you went through your five steps of grief with him yet, but I just want to rub that one in. <laughs> so the way their schedule lays out, especially, they could easily open up one and three on the year with their only win in the first four games coming against the Steelers because they don't have a quarterback. And their last six games of the season are an absolute like, onslaught. Bills twice. They face the Dolphins. They have the Bengals as well. They face the Cardinals, and who knows what they can be. So, yeah, no, uh, Packers are the second best team in the NFC. The Patriots are maybe the tenth best team oof, in the NFC. I mean, you can't think Bill Belichick can't manufacture or try to anyways a win at Lambeau, or is the almighty Aaron Rodgers just way too much? I would think it's dude, especially with that defense. I mean, two weird draft picks in my opinion, going to the defensive line there early. But yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. I like the receiving draft pick that Goody made. Um and just how that defense will be with for the Patriots, there's a lot of question marks. Also the Pats don't have an offensive coordinator yet. And they're either, either going to rely on Matt Patricia, which you guys know from his time of the Lions, or Joe Judge, who was just an absolute dud, given he had a terrible yeah, Matt GM Patricia is just a slob of a man. That dude, like, he, I mean, you've, I've, you've seen his press conferences. That dude's a slob, George. And as a sharp-dressed man that you are, how can you look at him and take him seriously? You know, I, you know what? <clears throat> I'll bite my tongue there. And okay, I'll say, <laughs> good point. Everyone, each to their you gotta, own. You got to be a little more uh, PC than I do. I get it, I get it, I get it. George. Oh, yeah, and I'll probably see him on a Zoom sometime soon or in person. So I'll be like, <laughs> be like, hey, yeah, I got a guy in Madison. thinks you're a big slob. What do you think about that? And he's like, I'll never exactly. talk to you again, Belekshi. All right, George. All right, here we go. All right, so what's, by the way, put the request in for you to come to Lambeau on October 2nd. I'll show you, I'll show you around for a good time, my brother. Uh, what's next for you as the Boston Celtics now taking the Miami Heat? What do you think? What's the predictions? I'd say Celtics in, in six. Uh, I think the Heat take game one, though. But from that point on, I think the Celtics will bounce back in game two. Let's say they split with the two games at the Garden. Then Celtics take games five and six. I think Celtics in six. And now when it comes to the West, dude, I don't know. Because I was all in on the Phoenix Suns and the Mavs. Did that <laughs> they got murdered. Yeah, they can defend really well. They have a top five, top three player right now, Luka Doncic. The Warriors have that, you know the championship obviously knowledge and experience but they're older i think those celtics beat the heat in six and i think the celtics win the nba championship this year this is their window this is a championship team they've shown me throughout the series and going back to the net series different types of win coming back from big comebacks having off nights from jason tatum seeing him bounce back and how they close out game seven against the bucks against Giannis, against drew holiday that's why i think everything is falling together well for them and it's credit because they took advantage of the Nets figuring their stuff out. LeBron isn't in the playoffs this year. The Clippers and Kawhi are still out of the picture. Yeah. And the Suns fell. So this part of it, it's part of it. Stuff fell the right way for the Bucks, And still, you got to close it out and do what Giannis did in game six after starting out 0-2 in the finals last year in Phoenix. So 
Give, give me the, the Celtics hosting that Larry O'Brien trophy. George, the last stage of the five stages of grief is acceptance. I will only reach acceptance when you come to Madison and we get um, a little loose and party, okay? So get up here soon. All right, that'll happen. Brandy old fashioned sours. That's my medicine. Right all day, there. all night. We love you, brother. Love you guys. See you, homie. There is George Balekshi. Nesson, follow him on Twitter at George Balekshi. 